long time since I haven't been here. Uh, I want to thank the church and uh, thank uh, your pastor for allowing me to preach on the pulpit. Uh, pastor Shot has been a good friend and his wife uh, to us for many years. Uh, <clears throat> it's no accident that I met him again. <laughs> it's just crazy the way God works, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, we shouldn't be amazed or surprised, but he does work in strange ways. And I tell the Lord, you're strange sometimes, you know? <laughs> but uh, I, I thank God for, for Pastor Schott and his wife. Uh, uh, still, still here, yeah. I, I love Brother Schott and the Lord and his, his wife. Uh, I just have never called call him up enough to keep him in contact with him, but I, I told the Lord I need to do that, uh, to call him up. And it's so good to be, be here. Since so many of you I have, haven't seen in years, you've grown and grown older. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm only 37. I don't know about you, but that's 73. <laughs> but uh, got a little older. I don't know if I got wiser. I got older. Uh, it's funny how uh, we met. I know you're sitting down. I sit down to listen to other people. <laughs> I hope this, the cushions are good. <laughs> um, hang on. Hmm. Oh, it's my wife's stuff. <laughs> I have notes. I don't know if I'm going to use them, but we got them anyways, you know. So, yeah, okay. This is good. But uh, I've been down south, and I, it's kind of funny. They say, they say to me, I talk funny. <laughs> I sound like uh, a Yankee. So I said, well, you know something? You talk funny, too. <laughs> you sound Southern. But um, uh, I'm a transplant, I guess, down there. Uh, guys used me to uh, plant, uh, ch uh, plant churches, by planting churches. Uh, Brother Ray, uh, right? Yeah, forget the names of people, <laughs> uh, has been helpful to me and his wife in my ministry. I, I, I like to thank him. Thank you, brother, personally. A lot of you have been praying for me for a long time. I know some of you uh, know me, you know me personally, but again, it's, it's so good to be here. Uh, let's bow our heads and pray, and let me uh, bring this forth. Father in heaven, I want to thank you this morning for being here. Father, um, so many times we have preached on this subject, Father, and I pray thee, Lord, that you would uh, help me to bring forth your word, Father, that uh, keep me focused, keep me on target, uh, help me to bring the examples that would help and give an understanding. And there's nothing more understanding than your word, Lord. But Lord, I pray thee, God help me, because I need help. So we stand, I stand in the, the need of help all the time on the pulpit. Without you, Lord, uh, we, we cannot do anything. I can't preach, can't do anything. We just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. The topic I want to talk to tonight, and I, I think God brought me here for a reason. I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm here, so it's got to be a reason. So open up your Bibles to Chron Second Chronicles um, chapter 7, verse 14. And the song we just sang, uh, the first song, uh, Revive Us Again. And um, I think we always need revival in our lives. And I want to say to you, don't stop praying for revival. Because it shows that you don't believe that God can do it in his word. Always pray that God will bring revival 
to people's life, lives and your own life also. It's so, it's so important. Believe God's word. And I believe that's what the Lord wants me to tell you today, to believe God's word. And you may be sitting here this morning, excuse me, this evening rather, and you need to be probably being revived. And God wants to revive you. And he loves you so much. He's standing there at the door, as it says, and he's knocking. You're not uh, knocking. Uh, you're knocking. He, he wants to open it up to you, but he wants you to be revived. He so much wants to hear you pray to him and to turn your heart to him. But we must always, always let God in and say, Lord, let me, uh, well, I want you to come in. I want you to examine the deepest, deepest part of my heart. Lord, come into the, the depths of my very soul. Uh, help me, Lord, to, that I may have the mind of Christ. And we read this verse here. Um, i got to look for it. Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, verse 14. If my people, that's you, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins, sin rather, and will heal their land. God's given a formula for you to turn to him. Isn't it wonderful? It's, it's just wonderful. God is so good, he's given you the formula. Um, so what's, what is it that he says to you? He says, if my people, that's you, that's every one of you that are sitting here today, and myself, and this is the formula he wants you to uh, go by, which are called by my name. Again, those who are saved, born again. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to uh, us, uh, the, the president or somebody else, but he's talking to, he's talking, God's talking to his people. His people. You. You are the ones. We need to pray. If we never ever pray like we should pray, we prayed before, is to ask God to heal our lands. But first he must start with you. There's a starting point to everything. He must start with you. And you must be at a point in your heart to open up your heart and say, Lord, I am in the need of prayer, uh, need of prayer this morning. I'm in the need of forgiveness this morning. You must let God in. You must be serious with the Lord Jesus Christ. Serious. I mean, you, you, you got to be at the point, Lord, I'm in the need of prayer today. I want you so much. Like David says, I want, I'm in the desert. I need water. But I need the living water. I need you today. And God so much wants you. He loves you so much. He just wants you to pray to him and open up your heart to him. He just wants you to come that he might put his arms around you and say, thank you for coming. Thank you for confessing your sins. And we see the formula here, and we go by it so much, but he's talking to you. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to you to pray. He says, my people. He points out who he wants to pray. My people. If you're sitting here again, down, sitting there here this, this, uh, excuse, excuse me, this evening, he, and you're saved, he's talking to you. He's not talking to the world. They're not saved. He's talking to his people. Which are called by my name. Called by my name. If you're saved, you're called by God's name. God has a work for you to do. He has a plan for you, each one of you to do. In this church right here. And it's no accident that I'm here today to talk to you about this particular thing. And I'm sure your pastor has talked to you about this also. But he wants you 
He's looking to you, his soldiers, his army, to talk to him. He loves it when you come to him. He wants you so desperately to come to him. He really does. And we go on here. My people, call by, call by my name, shall humble themselves. You need to humble yourself before God. That means you really got to get serious with God. It can't be a, just a, a, flip, a flippant prayer. You must get serious with him. I believe God wants to do revival in people's heart. You know, we can't bring revival. God brings revival. He's the only one. The psalmist asked God an important question. Will thou not revive us again? Are you asking that question? Are you asking, well, God, would you revive us again? And only those that are serious want, would ask that type of question. Lord, would you revive, re revive me again? Don't forget me, Lord. I want to be revived. I want revival in my life. You know? Lord, look at my heart. Look at my soul. I'm in the need of prayer this morning or this evening. I'm here. You're here today. God's talking to you. He's talking to his people. He wants his people to be revived. Amen. Humble himself and pray. We need to pray. We need to humble. We need to pray. Then we need to seek his face daily. Amen. I don't know about you, but God says to seek him daily. Pray without, without uh, what is that? Without ceasing. You almost lost it. We get older, you forget the words. Pray without ceasing. Amen. Amen. Where's that? Pray. It's getting tough, boy, when you get older. Pray. pray without ceasing. Amen. We must pray without ceasing. Listen, when I'm in the car, I don't know about you, and there's nobody else in the car, I'm talking to God. I says, Lord, I have to take a right turn here or was the left turn? It's almost like that woman that seen now, she's going up the stairs, she's halfway, you know, going up or going down, you know. But <laughs> seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. We need to turn. That means when we turn from our wicked ways, God's talking, talking about our sins. Turn from our sins. Say, well, I don't have much to talk about. Yes, you do. When's the last time you pick up your Bible? Do you pick up your Bible on Sunday and dust it off? Hey, come on. We've we all been there at one time or another. Do you miss church on Sunday on purpose sometimes? Give me a moment, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm waiting for God to talk to me here. Being revived is not about soul winning, even though souls, they get saved. They get saved. But getting, souls getting saved, saved is, souls getting saved are the results of it, of revival. Again, only God can bring revival. We cannot create revival. We can't do it. No military force in the world will bring re revival. When is revival needed? Revival is needed when, God's people, when the love of God from God's people has grown cold. Yes, yes. When you... God's people have grown cold towards God. When you're flippy, flippy about coming to church, when you, when you don't care about opening up the Word of God, when you don't study the Word of God, you don't read it, when you don't care about it anymore.
When we become complacent, are you complacent? When's the past, last time? It's not, but your pastor, you never told me to say anything. When was the last time you told your pastor you, you loved them? When's the last time you pray, pray for your pastor? When's the last time that you pray for one another? Do you know each another, in fact? Do you go up and talk to each another, have fellowship with one another, and pray for one another? When's the last time you led somebody to the Lord? That you have a great concern for those who are going to hell? I know some churches you can't even say hell. Believe me, there's a real hell and there's a real heaven. When's the last time that you led someone to the Lord? Maybe you have been someplace sometime, maybe you've been in, uh, uh, let's say, um, Dunkin' Donuts or someplace like that, and God has given you an opportunity, an opportunity to clearly talk to them about the Lord, or at least hand them a track. Examine your heart. Do you have an unforgiven spirit? Who have you not forgiven? Who have you not forgiven? Are you filled with pride? Maybe you're so filled with pride you won't forgive anybody. And when God talks about forgiveness, he just doesn't talk about forgiveness, forgiving those who are in the church body. He's talking about forgiving anyone. Anyone. And the world doesn't make any difference. Lack of obedience to God. Maybe that's in your heart. See, we each have a closet in our heart and God's trying to dig it out. Lack of obedience to God. You know, we hear the word of God. Your preacher comes up here every Sunday, and I'm trying to pick on him, but he, or every preacher for that fact, comes up every Sunday or every Wednesday night and talks about the things that we ought to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. We take the Bible, we listen to it, but we go out and close it, but we don't do it. But the word of God clearly says to be doers of the word, not hearers only. But we hear the word, but we're not doers of the word. So I see a lot of times when Christians go out and they say to me, well, I don't forgive so-and-so. Well, that's not, the, that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, says to forgive them. Say, but we have a problem with that. There is something wrong with that. But yet we put, the, we put the tag on us that we're a Christian, but we will not be doers of the Word. And the problem that goes on with this is because we read the Word of God, but we don't study the Word of God. And when we have the Word of God, we don't believe the Word of God, and we will not apply it to our life. And God's saying to you, why won't you apply it to your life in the world? When God talks about forgiveness, he talks about forgiving anyone and everyone. And usually when we don't forgive someone, we have a complacent spirit. We damage the, a relationship with God. We damage the church of God. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump, and we just, it just rottens everything. Not yielding to God's truth. Not yielding to the word of God. We say we believe in the word of God, but we don't actually believe in it because we don't do it. We don't do the Word of God. Believing the Word of God is saying, is taking the Word of God for, its, for what it is, value what it is, the truth of God, and applying it to our lives. When we apply it to our lives, we believe it, no matter what the outcome may be. You say, well, I have a lot of problems in my life. Well, I'm going to tell you a story. I'll tell you a story about a man. This is just a story. 
that went to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, Lord, my cross is too heavy to bear. Lord, can you, can you give me another cross to bear? It's just too heavy. I can't bear it no more. I can't bear this cross anymore. And the Lord, being merciful and compassionate, says, okay, you put your cross down over there. Put it down. And I want you to go into that room. He says, okay, Lord. So I'm going to go into the room. He goes into the room. Excuse me. He, go, he goes into the room, and he sees a bunch of crosses there. You know, they're, they're all over the place. Tall crosses, fat ones, small ones, skinny ones, all kinds of crosses in the room. All kinds of crosses in that room. Amazing them. He looks around for an hour or so. He says, then he picks up one of the crosses. He brings it out to the Lord. And the Lord says, you pick a cross? It's just I did. Here it is. Because that's the cross I gave you in the first place. See, God has given you a cross. Never say it's too much for you. God's put you in this place here to do a work of God. Don't complain about it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Listen, I'm a church planner, and I know Pastor Shop for years, and church planning is hard. It's hard work. I'm not trying to get sympathy, but it's hard work. I always say, your pastor, church planners' brains are wired differently. I guess we just like abuse. That's why they got me down in North Carolina, Virginia. But God has given you a cross to bear. He's given you something he wants you to do here at this church. And I believe I'm here to tell you that today. I'm not a prophet, but I'm here to tell you God's given you something to do. The prophets are all gone. We have the, the word of God. It's complete. But God's giving you a work to do. And somehow, sometimes, on Wednesday nights, like preaching to the choir, so to speak, because you're here. And I know you're here because you want to be here. But God takes that little bit, like the boy with the fishes, and feeds, feeds all the multitudes, 5,000. Remember that? You may only have a little bit, but God can use that little bit that you have. You understand that? I may only have a little bit left in my life, but God's going to use it as long as I'm willing to give it to them. See, you must be willing to give to God yourself a living sacrifice. There's Romans 12, 1. Um, I, <laughs> that's why I got in the front seat. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service according to his purpose. Not yours, but his purpose. You have to be at the point of being sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ. You may not be sold out yet. See, it's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about anything. It's about him and you. We have to stop looking at our life in a very personal way and look at God, what God wants. It's not about you. It never will be, and never, it's never going to be about you. It's never going to be that way. It's about you and the Lord. 
So God says, hey, I want to come in to your heart, but you know what? You won't let me in. You won't let me in. So you need to let the Lord in. You need to confess your sin before God and pray to him daily. We see when revival <clears throat> comes to a person, we also go to the book of uh, Hebrews, and we look at, uh, uh, I guess, the, what do you call the, the hero chapter, the people that died in the Lord, people that died without seeing their promises, people that saw their family killed in front of them, people that were saw, front, saw asunder. They were looking for the promises too, but they didn't get it at that time. But you know what? They believed God no matter what. It didn't make any difference if they didn't see the promises. They believed God. See, you need to believe God with your whole heart, holy unto God, not giving up. Believe in him no matter if you see the end results in your lifetime. It does not make any difference if you see it now but, or later or whatever, whatever might happen, but God will be delivered at his timetable, not your timetable. But your point, point in your life, you need to believe God. You need to hold on to him no matter what. You see, Satan will throw smoke screens in front of you and cause you to drift and go different ways, but you need to say, Lord, I'm going to hang on to you. Some of the other things we, we do in our life, we make excuses for sins, don't we? Huh? We do, we do that. I've been there times when I was backsliding a long time. You know, pastors get backsliding. Yes, they do. It happens. But we make excuses for our sins. When we see, clearly see the word of God, what God has to say, we make excuses for it. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 17, chapter 17, 19 to 20, Jesus told them that it was, they, he couldn't do anything because of their unbelief. Whoa. Maybe God can't do anything in your life because of your unbelief. You ever think about that? Your unbelief. Well, God, I want revival. And God's saying, well, where do you want it? Well, it should be my life first. Well, I want to do it because, but there's only one problem. I can't do it because of your unbelief. You won't yield to me. You won't be obedient to me. You're just standing out on your own. Revival means return to God with our whole heart. It means you return to God with your whole heart. Not half of heart, a little bit of heart, whole heart. Jesus declared to the church of Sardis, thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Wow, that's pretty strong, isn't it, for coming to the Lord? You have a name, you're saved, but God says you're dead. Spiritually, you're just dead. You don't care about my work. I have things that need to be done. I want to use you. You have abilities. I have given to you, but you won't do them. I have a church, well, God has the church. I have a church of probably about 20 people and they're all there together. And they're older people. And some of them have been there for a long, long time. I've been there for five years. I have to tell you this. 
And some of them have been there for 15 years and have gone through pastors that, pastors that have did sinful things. Let's put it that way. Years. A lot of times when I preach them, I have to preach them with encouragement for them too. But also to make sure they don't slip into sin. And I was telling Pastor Marty about how I'm, how I'm so amazed that they don't know a lot about the Lord. They don't know a lot about faith. They don't know a lot about believing. They don't know how to hang on to God and his promises. To the church of Lady Seen, he calls upon them to repent. They thought they could have, excuse me, they thought they had need of nothing. He says, repent. This is our Lord. This is what the world, the world talks about God, about being loving. But this is God. Repent. He rebuked the church of Ephesus for having left their first love. Whoa. What is he talking about? You left your first love. You left, you left off following after me, reading your word, his word, leaving, leaving off believing in him, his word, in the truth. It's much like a person you tell them, do not steal. And so the word of God says, don't steal. So what do you do? I believe God. I won't steal. We rather believe the mechanic that fix, fixes our car sometimes. He'll say to you, well, it needs spark plugs. And you have little to know that you need spark plugs in your car. But we'll believe them. But it's so easy to believe in them rather than believe in God. How easy it should be for us to believe in God instead of the mechanic. But we'll believe in a mechanic that says you need spark plugs, but you never see the spark plugs that are needed, but you won't believe in God that tells the truth. And you may have a mechanic that doesn't tell the truth and won't even put spark plugs in there that really are needed, and maybe you don't even need them. But we have a problem believing in the truth, in the word of God, which is truth. And God says, my word is truth. Thy word is truth. Only God can send revival. Only God. It is impossible to schedule and plan for revival. Do you know that? Only God can send revival. We must do, what we must do is to pray for God, to grant it to us because we see the need of God to work in us and through us. Do you see that need today? Do you see that need for God to work in and through you? If you go out of this church today, not asking God to look into your heart, to go into the deep recesses of your closet, so to speak, your heart, it's shameful. It's shameful. You should not call yourself Christians in a sense. You should not even say you love God. Because if you love God, you're going to do what he tells you to do. He's not going to break your arm to do it, but he's going to ask you to do it. If you love him, you'll keep his commandments. It's that simple. He's not going to break your arm. So you walk out, and you don't read the word of God, and the word of God tells you to do something, and you don't do it, that says you don't believe in him. It's hard to say that, isn't it? Coming from a preacher. I remember the Lord when he fed the 5,000. He turned around and looked at 5,000. He said to them, he, he said to them uh, did you follow me because of the food? 
basically, to paraphrase it. You know, did you follow me because of the food? It's pretty hard, isn't it? Are you willing to pay the cost of being revived by God for his glory, for God's glory? Are you willing to pay the price? We talk about um, uh, Hudson Taylor. Some of you know Hudson Taylor, Mel Books, George Mueller, Jim Elliott. How many know Jim Elliott? Hudson Taylor, how many of you? Jim Elliott, Ankanians, right? Goes to the Ankanians. I'm going to make it really short. Goes to the Ankanians, goes there, and he tries to lead the Ankanians to the Lord. Well, short story is uh, he, he kills, the, the tribe kills Jim Elliott and the group of men, right? And they're gone. So the ladies come back. And they preach to the Anka Indians again. And the Anka Indians get saved and at any rate. And one of the men that killed Jim, uh, Jim Elliott became a pastor. Well, the, 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 man, the, the man that killed, killed Jim Elliott was talking to Jim Elliott's son. And he came around and he said, I killed your father because I'd done it in ignorance. We didn't know. Pray. We need to pray. I'll tell you one about prayer. Way back in World War II, for some of you, you may not know this, some of you are older, they dug foxholes and trenches, you know, things like that, because the enemy was shooting at them, the Germans. Well, there was this machine gun shooting and shooting and shooting, just wreaking havoc with the, with the soldiers. And the bullets are just flying and flying, and it's just terrible. And some of the men are just falling down and bleeding, shot through the head, through the eyes, uh, through the arms, all over the place. Men are dropping. And I guess the sergeant or the captain was there. He says, we have to take down that machine gun. We've got to take down that machine gun. Because our men are dying. Our men are dying. It's almost like our Christians right now, they're dying. They're dying because they don't want to read the word of God. But anyways, he says, our men are dying. So we, would somebody volunteer? I'm just scared myself to go. Not saying too much about it. Maybe we're scared, we're honest. So one of the men says, Captain, I'll go. I'll go. Christ is looking for you to go, too. So he said, I'll go. He says, but I can't go to 4, four o'clock. So the captain says, okay. You know, you can't go to 4 o'clock. Right? So 4 o'clock comes. He, look at, he looked at his watch. It comes. He says, okay, I'm going. So he runs, and he runs, and he dodges the bullets and everything else. And he gets to the machine gun nest, if you want to call that, the German uh, machine gun, and he throws a grenade there, he puts out the machine gun, and the, the machine gun stops, and he comes back to the, the, the trench or the foxhole, and the captain says, I have to ask you a question. He says, what? He says, why do you wait till 4 o'clock? God's probably asking the Christians, why are you waiting? 
But anyways, he says, why do you wait until 4 o'clock? Why? Why? He said, because my mama said she would pray for me every day at 4 o'clock. You know how important prayer is? Because my mama will be praying for me at 4 o'clock. Because I know my mama is faithful. My mama is going to pray for me at 4 o'clock. That's why I went. Because I know when my mama prays, nothing stops. Amen. It stops Satan. Stops the, it stops the demons. It stops everything. Because my mama believes in the word of God to be true. No matter how long she has to wait, she prays and she waits on God. My mama prayed. Are you willing to pay, pay, pay the cost of revival? God wants to send a revival upon those who are generally, who really are seeking revival. Really seeking it. This is not an easy message to preach to you today. You probably heard about revival all the time. But I want to tell you, an army cannot bring revival in. No army in this world can bring revival. Only God. His mama prayed. She was sincere. You must be sincere about your own heart. You must let Jesus in there. Some of you may, I don't know, only God knows, have sins hidden in your heart that you will not confess. You may have forgiveness, non-forgiveness against a brother and sister that's hiding in your heart or against your pastor or his, wa or his wife. I don't know, I'm just saying. But God can't get, cannot get into your heart unless you allow him in. Cannot get in. Why do we need revival? Because we need him. Amen. We need God. <laughs> it's that simple. We need God. God's presence is essential. We need to bow down our hearts to God. We need, to, we need him if we are going to be aware of our own sinfulness. We need God if we're going to be aware of our own sinfulness. We need him to reach the loss. We need him to bring, bring glory back to his son. We need him in our homes, in our lives. Again, no military power can bring revival. Revival is a sovereign work of God, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is our God. We need much prayer. Oh God, have mercy. Don't keep your anger forever. Lord, we need you. We want you. We must have you. Should be our prayer. Lord, I need you. I want you. I must have you. I must have you more than water in a desert place, like David said. We need to come to the point in our lives where we say, Lord, I just need you. It's just as simple as that. I have not read your word. I have not studied your word. I have not believed in your word. 
I have not applied your word to my life, meaning I have not believed it. No matter how long it takes, I have given up. Isn't it good that God has not given up on you? God, you know, God is just waiting for you. He just loves to hear from you. He just, he just loves to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. He loves it. Christian, you need to realize how much power you have in prayer. Prayer is one of your tools that Satan hates. He hates it. He does not want you to pray. Because when you pray, you shake up everything. He hates it. You shake up Satan's army. He does not like it. Pray, pray like you haven't never prayed before. Don't, do not listen to people say, there'll never be revival again. Listen, ask God to revive your own heart today, to be with you. That's what's important. Will not, be like the Lord said, will, not, will thou not revive your people? You. How are you doing? Are you like that man in the trench? His mama prayed. She knew God. <laughs> she knew who God was. When she prayed, she stopped everything. She stopped the bullets from hitting him. He made it across, and he came back and saved many lives. Too much of a too heavy a cross to bear. Listen, go in that room. You're going to find. You're going to pick your saint. You're going to pick out your cross again that He's given you. Listen, I have polio for years and years and years. God's gave me that cross to bear, among other sicknesses as I go along getting older. But I never say to God, it's too much. It's never too much for our Savior who loves you.